Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so going to party. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. It's another special edition of the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast and video cast. And I tell you, I swear the hits just keep on coming. We have another legend on the show today. We are chatting with Corbin Burnson. I mean, I don't even know <laughs> where to start. Well, we'll start with this current project, uh, The Hating Game. Uh, Corbin, welcome into the show. It's great to have you here today. Thank you, man. Wow, the word legend just doesn't sit right, but uh, I appreciate it. Makes me feel good, but then I go and go like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, in my mind and a lot of other people's, I, I don't want to... No, I, I know cool. that... I'm going to be... I'm, I'm accept it and go... All right, today I'll be a legend. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, it's just, it's it's a polarizing term, I think, probably, but it's true because of all the things that you've done, um, we were joking about, you know, Major League yeah. before we started taping, but, I mean, the list goes on and on. But let's talk about the hating game because um, we just had other cast on earlier today, um, Yasha Jackson, and uh, we're talking with you now, and we've got a few others, I think, coming. But let's talk about this fun uh, romantic comedy that you are a part of and, and the genesis of it and how you became involved uh, with the picture. Sure. Um, I um, First of all, I appreciate you calling it a picture. That's old school, and I like that. Stick with it. Um, no, it's cool, man. You don't know how groovy that is. Um, uh uh, uh, a lot of people don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I relocated from California with my wife uh, to the Hudson Valley, and uh, I like to say upstate New York. Uh, you know, we're about two hours north of uh, New York City, and part of the reason was they had a, a really a, a thriving small film community here, and you know, a lot of actors live up here and directors, people from the industry and a lot of talent um, and and people making movies and building sound stages and all sorts of stuff. And a couple of weeks after I got here, I got a call because I'd put a few feelers out about what's going on. You know, I wanted to meet people, the film commission, uh, all that Hudson Valley. And uh, I got a call and said, hey, there's this director, Peter Hutchings. He'd like to, you know, would you like to be in this film, read the script. I got in touch with Peter, read the script. A uh, wonderful one, you know, a, a fresh take on, on the rom-com. Um, I will tell you that, you know, people say, you know, to, when you start talking about the character in a minute, it's, it's not a character that I've not played before. Uh, sure. Uh, in fact, it's sort of one of my, uh, one of my uh, standards, I guess, if you will, or you know, <laughs> one of my oldies, yeah. but goodies, um, playing these unlikable guys. Uh, uh, you know, somebody recently in an interview called me a butthead. Um, okay, <laughs> okay. it's in other words, I would start with A and H after. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you can be okay. an asshole. Um, but he's a chauvinist pig, but I played it, you know, Roger Dorn, Major League, LA Law. 
but there's something interesting about this one is that it, it, it this character lays a, a a foundation for sort of the 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 hate between the two characters. Lucy Hale's character just just it's everything. I represent everything terrible about men, and, um, and uh, <laughs> so I get to sort of I kind of I guess I'm like if you have a blank canvas, you get to paint it a color to start before you're doing your painting. You, you know, uh, most people know if you get a canvas, you, at least you got to paint it white. You got to put some sort of got to put some sort of paint on there to start painting your painting. Well, this guy's that. And um, uh, the other thing is playing a character in this environment, this Me Too environment that's so on the sure. edge of being canceled, you know, um, is interesting. Uh, and uh, somebody asked me, well, how did that come across in the film? And I think what wasn't on the page that I added is this sort of frustration of men like, I, I, what can I say and not say? I used to be able to do that. I used to be able to slap her on the ass. I used to be able to, you know, I can't do any of that anymore. And so there's a frustration that is really his comeuppance, if you will, for being the guy he is being completely unable, unable to sort of comprehend today's world. Uh, and that coming out in his sort of anger and his frustration. So uh, it was the, those combination of things that made me um, want to do it. Mostly, though, right off the bat, just being up here and going, uh, yeah, I want to act up here. This is where I be able to drive to work from where I lived up here and not have to fly halfway across the country. I'm in. Yeah, I know, especially uh, these days, just you know, traveling in general. But yeah. there's another actor. I think he is in that same area that we had on recently. Kevin Chapman, I think, is somewhere in the same area that you are. And he had the same situation where he was able to do something and literally just drive down the road to the studio there in upstate and yeah. uh, be able to perform Gordon Clapp, same thing, just okay. kind of in the same area. So I think it's interesting these days how projects can come about and be done where you can literally just kind of drive down the road. It's not so much LA anymore where yeah. pictures or, or films are made and it's like you can just kind of do something anywhere really and have that same uh, feel and look to things. And, right. and this is a great film. I had the chance to watch it before the interview. So you play a really good bad guy. I have to be honest, you know, um, and that's a compliment in the kindest way because you're just good at it because I think you've been acting for so long. It uh, You're able to find your way into these characters uh, and, and just play them out quite well, which is fantastic for people the, the, the who get a chance with any to see of them, it. Whether it's Roger Dorn in Major League or L.A. Law or this, you know, you got to find the, I always say you got to find the humanity in them. Um, right. Uh, you know, I'm working on something now with uh, a series called City on the Hill, City on the Hill, oh. Kevin Bacon, Showtime, and doing the season. And it's a pretty vile character. Uh, yeah, that's with. a hardcore show yeah, to hardcore begin with. show, man. And I'm hardcore in it. I'm, I take Kevin's hardcoreness and go a step further. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine. My yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Wow. So, uh, uh, I think even he finds me disgusting. Uh, so, <laughs> wow, you know okay. the show at all. Uh, but the challenge there again was finding the, you know, the humanity in it because it's. Funny. I was asking myself, do you ever watch a film? I don't, I'm trying to think. Of, have I ever watched a film where I hate? I literally 
don't like the bad guy. No, yeah. if you like a project, if you like a film, a picture, TV show, and there's somebody who's bad, Hannibal Lecter, right? That's the extreme example because you really like him. Um, you know, do you ever watch something and go because of because it's not life? You don't actually hate them. You sort of love to hate them. You know that the old expression, Arnie Becker was, "Oh, we love to hate them." You know, if you really hate somebody, then what you're probably saying is, "I, I hate this actor. I hate everything about this thing. I don't, ugh, I don't want to watch it." But if you're watching it and you're fascinated by a bad character, then you there's something about the way that's done that makes you actually like the fact that you like a bad character. You know. Uh, yeah. And so it's a, it, you know, the, so the trick as an actor is making sure you don't cross the line into like, well, I just freaking hate him. He's just disgusting. He's like, well, there's nothing about him. Then you're probably flipping the channel. I would think, you know, yeah, well, I, I found myself like that. on the hill. I mean, Kevin's a perfect example. I mean, that person in life, you go like, I don't want to get near that guy, but do I want to watch him? Kind of like, am I attracted to watching that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when you find yourself in those moments, there was a show that I watched recently where you find yourself rooting for them in a sense because they do have humanity to them. Right. And uh, I think a lot of times if it's written well and done well, you, it's not necessarily, you know, good versus evil, but good and sort of where does this lie? Uh, in the process. And then if the actor like you and others have done great work doing, you kind of find yourself rooting for them in a way. And you're not just irritated with what's happening, which happens. Cause when you watch as much content as I do and these interviews and you're kind of researching things, you, you can find yourself jaded almost in a way, but then when it's done really well, like this film and other films in city on Hill and, even going back to L.A. Law, which um, I was quite young, I wasn't even allowed to watch that. My parents watched it. Um, I since have consumed it clearly as an adult, but I remember when that show came on and, and um, you know, Mickey Spillane's <laughs> and all those other shows, I was not allowed to watch them because they were um, Boston, or not Boston League, um, I can't remember. Hill Street Blues was definitely uh, one, another one where you kind of find yourself, um, yeah, just, uh, just, it's interesting. Um, because you've done so many projects and you've played so many different types of characters, um, when you're approaching something like this, how do you sort of get into that character where it's not troped or it's not stylized and you really can bring something fresh uh, and unique to the character, whether it's a good guy, bad guy, uh, this film, The Hating Game, like kind of what is your mental process, Corbin, I, to get into those I characters? Just have to, I, I, I I don't want to sound like it's this extraordinarily difficult journey to get there, but I always try to think, I kind of think people are good. I kind of, yeah. you know, I'm not a big... Not a, not a huge believer that we're born evil or any of that. I, I think people are good, whether you think it's from God, nature, whatever it is that put it there. It's a we're a pretty extraordinary thing that's been created. And I think there's good, there's love, 
And there's that, all the stuff we see in a baby, a young child, you know, uh, freshness. I think that's there. And then over the course of time, it just gets eroded by life, you know, the hating game, if you will. Um, and uh, so I go back and I always like, I just, I just want to remind myself these people are human and things have happened to them. I don't necessarily have to go back and go, well, this character, and when he was 12, he was ditched. And when he was, you know, uh, and this happened and that happened, he was bullied when he did this. And this, you know, this is always human. So, yes, he became a monster, you know? Yeah. But um, even in the news recently, you know, with this young kid who up in Michigan, and, you know, you start to realize look, you did a horrible, horrible thing. There's not, it's inexcusable parents and all that. But, you know, you start thinking like, if he was bullied, you look at pictures of him and you realize, you know, we can only take so much. And then, right. You know, an opportunity arises and yes, your parents buy you a gun for Christmas. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, uh, so, so I, I, I try to find the human life before I vilify them. I never vilify them. I should say, I try to find okay. the human, the human thing that, you know, something happened now whether i can identify it exactly or i have to make it up like well he was bullied or whatever it is uh you know or or parents died in a car crash when he was five whatever it is that makes him human um that made him maybe become the person with an abusive father an abusive mother alcoholism which is part of my family's life so i understand shit happens that makes you like you know it shapes you a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, so if I can understand that and not vilify them, then I can start to make them human and I can understand them and then I can relate to them. And then I throw all that away and go, okay, we're just talking about human beings here. Human yeah. beings that have been hurt, hated on, not to keep coming back to the hating game, you know, but somebody, I was talking recently, somebody about this film and, um, you know, while it is the hating game and without giving much away, it's about two young lovers who just hate each other, violently hate each other. <laughs> yes. right? And I'm kind of the canvas, like I said, of why men are bad for at least Lucy Hale's character. Um, but the, you know, we, life is a little bit about that. It's, it's funny. We're all sort of we're born into this commonality and then very quickly we become very individual. You know, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I go here. I don't like that. I don't want that. Da, da, da. I'm this tall. You're that tall. You're black. I'm white. You're brown. I'm gay. You're straight. You're we all this stuff. We start not necessarily hating on that, which isn't us, but not like it, we repel sometimes that which isn't us. And sure. you could argue life, which ends in death, which is a screwed up deal. Um, that is kind of a, a, a the game of life is a bit of a hating game. It's, you know, until we realize as we do in this film that, well, I hate you as much as you hate me. Well, we have that in common. And now, Oh, wow. Now we have something in common, you know? Um, I don't know if I'm getting too far afield here, but uh, no, no, uh, I love it. It's great. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's life is a little bit of a hating game. It's a little bit of a, you know, breaking through that thing that, I'm different from you. I'm different from you. Oh, wait, we're all different from each other. And yes, ultimately we're just common. You know, we're just, we're, there's a commonality between us. Um, and I think, you know, 
well, the film shows that and and we track that kind of story in a very small story to people, one could argue it's a little bit more about life. And, um, you know, uh, and obviously I, I think it's true more true. Now that I even say it, I'm saying these words to you. I'm just thinking about all the crap that's going on. And there's just, whether it's politics or kids shooting up fellow students or countries on the border about ready to go invade Ukraine. I mean, it's just, it's like a big hating game. Yeah. It's pretty insane uh, to think about all the things, but it's great, which we have the fact that you have great projects coming out and uh, this film to sort of distract us a little bit. Yeah. I have a couple more questions here. Um, I know we have a, a time constraint, but I want to talk about, you had Ryan's, you did a bunch of things and then you had Ryan's hope and then you did some more projects um, and then L.A. Law came right. about, which was on from about 86 to 94. Um, was that pretty career defining for you when you got that role? Or was there was that kind of like the moment where you're like, OK, yeah, not pretty, I'm doing that kind of it was it was it was OK. It was very career defining for you. <laughs> the ship sailed. <laughs> that, OK, yeah, we we're no longer in a rowboat in the harbor practicing. We we're out in the real world. In fact, so much so that it was like I immediately. You know, I wanted to act for a while, and this was the first thing. Is like you realize, oh, there's no screwing up here anymore. You know, somebody asked me recently, you know, why I I've been doing this for like 40 years. And I've been, you know, like you said, I've been doing. I'll do soaps. I do the comedy. I'll do it. Try this. I'll do small film, big film. I did a film recently in a people's backyard that their parents funded. You know. Oh wow. Um, I'll go and try different things, but um, you realize once you enter the professional world you've got a responsibility and uh, you know, I, I often get amazed, like, especially with athletes and sometimes with actors who you get this opportunity that everybody wants and you go screw it up. So royally with getting wasted or doing something, something stupid, you know, that you're wait, you know, how many kids want to be professional baseball players and you actually made it to the majors and you go and fail a drug test. Are you freaking out of your mind, man? You know? Um, so I realized with L.A. law more than anything, oh, this is the big leagues and you can either you can screw up. And I remember my sister taking me aside one day and going like, who do you think you are? You know, because my head got pretty big, pretty quick. Um, and then you really I got knocked back down to, oh, me. OK, just me. Wow. And that's that's so not only is it defining and all, yeah, you get money and you get nice tables at restaurants and it's funny, man, the more popular you are, the freer stuff gets. It's so weird. It's so wrong. You know, you got this couple over here, a guy <laughs> works 40 hours a week digging ditches so he can take his wife to a nice restaurant. He can't even get his nice table in time. It's 300 bucks he can't afford. And I walk in from LA law and go like, Yes, Mr. Burns, right ahead of the ditch digger. Please take his table. And by the way, it's all on us. And here's a fine bottle of wine. It's just screwed up, man. Um, and can screw with your head. But uh, uh, so yes, LA Law was the thing that was uh, that I knew I could get some free tables. <laughs> I love it. Well, to be honest, I think it's well deserved. I mean, what you do is so different from what I might do or somebody else, and that's what I think makes your world so unique. Um, and uh, I mean, just a great body of work again. Um, last question. I had read and heard that L.A. Law was coming back for a reboot. So that's yeah. correct. We can expect that sometime next year. It is. And um, it, I like that. You know, all the words you call them, reboots, redo, reunion. It's certainly not retelling. Re retelling. Reimagination is the closest. But that sounds like something Disney-esque. Um, 
reimaginarium. Um, no, but it's uh, it's 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 a, a look in the rear. It's not, not look in the rear view. I know I can't really call it what it is because it's so unique in what we've done. Yeah, I'm sure um, yeah. it's being done. It's just a couple of Blair Underwood and myself, the only two characters from the original series, new cast, same format, if you will, but in today's world, doing oddly what we did then. We looked at social issues. We had the first transgender. We had the first black guy kissing a white woman two women oh yeah together. you guys were way we about all this stuff class. right you do it now it's like oh you're just trying to be politically correct it's like no that's what we did man and so you know we're we're, we're back in that territory and um with a new cast and uh you know just a it's it's almost a continuation if you will i mean okay rather than a reboot it's it's like it's this very cool thing that I sometimes I think is the most scary thing in the world. And sometimes I think the most awesome thing, like here I am 35 years later, coming back to a character from that world that could do all the things he did without fear. And now it's him now doing it in this culture, but we've missed this like 35 years of what's happened in the middle. And <laughs> yeah. we're picking up here and it's kind of like, okay, I didn't watch the show for a season or two. Oh my God, that's what happened. Well, he has no hair now. And oh, he's going to get arrested for that, you know? Yeah, very exciting. And of course, I have to say, Major League was the first R rated film that I was ever exposed to. <laughs> my mom took me uh, to the, we saw it at the drive in theater. I think it like preceded or followed Cocktail with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Uh, it was like a three-hander. So um, great work, my friend. Excited Thank to you. see this. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen The Hating Game, it will be available tomorrow for people to watch. Um, be sure to check that out. Psych, of course. I mean, Major League, uh, City on a Hill coming uh, soon. Uh, Corbin, thanks for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Love your background, man. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.